I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is our host each and every week. She is the subject of a documentary and the author of 16 wonderful books. And uh, the, the latest, the latest is The Choice. And once again, it has nothing to do with Roe v. Wade. It's just ironic that, uh, that the word choice would be in her, her latest book. And uh, and and actually, I've never asked her if it it came into um, it came into question whether uh, whether that was uh, that was going to be the title or not. And right before that, before the Alamo, get both of those books, please. Um, and listen, binge listen to everything that we've been doing here. Uh, Doctor Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. And I hope you are too, Frank. I, I am. And did the words the choice? I I you know. I know it's a whole different thing, and anybody who's listened to us regularly and and has heard the chapters coming out of that wonderful book, did did it cross your mind that some people might think that it's related to Roe v. Wade? Not at the time I wrote it, no. No, because, of course, I wrote it uh, at least a year ago before uh, before Roe v. Wade was threatened. Um well, actually, it's been threatened all along, but but it wasn't foremost in everybody's mind then, not until uh, it was revoked by the Supreme Court. By now, uh, choice uh, immediately brings up Roe v. Wade. So yeah. anyway, uh, the book is about a choice that had to be made in the 16th century So in France. Uh, and so it is far, far removed from present uh, concerns. Yeah, something. I, I mean, just uh, just coincidental. Um, that being said, uh, coincidentally, we're speaking the day after Fourth of July. We were going to speak yesterday, and 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 schedules didn't allow. It, but it's uh, Independence Day, or the day after Independence Day, and um, brings up any number of subjects, but certainly patriotism and the thoughts of of what exactly. That um, we are, uh, w- what exactly we see as being patriotic, and certainly how different people, two different people from from different walks of life or the same walk of life, but just have a different viewpoint on the world, and what people consider patriotism is subjective. I mean, it it really, and I I don't think we've ever seen that so blatant as we have now. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, uh, I was just listening to a program on NPR um, that uh, was about all about uh, the uh, five founding documents on which we have based our nation and how they have been uh, interpreted lately. Uh, in various ways, uh, actually all through. It was a, uh, a, doc, a, a PhD from, uh, from Yale University, very, very erudite, and I wish I could have recorded that whole program because uh, he had lots of information that I don't have access to, names, dates, um, trials, uh, uh, 
amendments and so on, and uh, the controversies there uh, that pertain unto them, uh, but I will do my best. The information I have, I think, is accurate, so uh, limited as it is. Uh, This was not my field as a Ph.D., (laughs) but... um, since yesterday was the 4th of July, I really, my, my topic was precisely the relation of today's problems to the, found, the founding documents of our nation. And, of course, the founding documents and the patriotism that you just spoke of were things that we more or less took for granted until very recently, I think, um, probably until the election of uh, uh, President Obama, uh, when um, part of the population rose up in fury that a black man had been uh, uh, elected president of the United States. Uh, and, and problems have existed in spades uh, ever since. Um, so um, when I was a child, I used to sing... Uh, on the 4th of July, we would sing America the Beautiful. And I'm just going to quote the line, the two first stanzas of America the Beautiful, because uh, they seem to be uh, very ironic <laughs> these days. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesties above the fruited plain. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Brotherhood is, of course, sadly lacking these days. We are divided, oftentimes brother against brother. Uh, certainly, um, one faction of the of the citizenry uh, of the United States against another. So uh, we sing that as a wish for a state that does not does no longer exist. It, I think it did when I was a child. At least I thought it did. I had faith that it did. And the second stanza. <clears throat> Oh, beautiful for pilgrim feet whose stern impassioned stress, a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. America, America, God mend thine every flaw. Confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. And this is particularly interesting because, of course, the pilgrim feet uh, were trampling on the rights and lives and livelihoods of the Native Americans, uh, and uh, we were simply removing them in any way we could, uh, uh, marching them west to reservations um, in the Trail of Tears, for instance, or just simply killing them. Uh, so that's that thoroughfare for freedom. It was our freedom, but not theirs, across the wilderness. Uh, and I think God mend thine every flaw is, of course, a very relevant to today because we have plenty. Um, confirm thy soul in self-control, absolutely, and take today or yesterday's shooting uh, in Highland Park uh, near near uh, Chicago Center uh, as an example of lack thereof, and of course Uvalde and uh, and Buffalo, New York. 
thy liberty in law. And there comes the question, who, whose law? The Supreme Court has done one thing that many of us do not consider uh, properly lawful, uh, and I'll get around to that. Okay, so what are these problems that we have today? Well, first of all, we have the right to vote. Uh, the right of women to vote uh, was only granted by a constitutional amendment in 1920. So the original Constitution does not grant women the right to vote, only men. And therefore, it, if, if constitutionality uh, presence in the original Constitution is for the Supreme Court a, a necessary uh, attribute for anything lawful, then the woman's right to vote could be revoked by the Supreme Court with a vote of six to three because it does not appear in the original Constitution. And so we see the absurdity, or is it considered absurdity in some quarters, of a supposition uh, of a fantasy that uh, the Supreme Court would take it into their minds to revoke women's right to vote, which would be a great thing for the Republican Party because women tend towards uh, being Democrats. And so uh, that would eliminate uh, one of those coalitions uh, that are hostile, or at least in, opposing, uh, in opposition to the Republican uh, line, that is the Trumpist wing of the Republican line. Okay, so the right to vote. Um, uh, so, of course, the Republican legislatures in the states that are governed by Republicans, that have Republican governors and legislators, uh, are very, very busy gerrymandering so that uh, the majority of the populace will not be able to gain uh, any traction whatsoever, and the uh, minority party will always win. And this has been going on at, at a very rapid uh, pace, and I think uh, this is part of an overall plan to uh, get the Republican Party in perpetual power. Um, especially if you look at Georgia, I think Georgia is a case in point where the uh, legislature has given the power to state uh, the Secretary of State to overturn uh, any, any voting district's uh, result if it happens to be uh, uh, pro-democratic, pro the other party. Uh, they can overturn that vote and simply declare that that district went Republican. Uh, and this, I think, this ability for the uh, Supreme, the uh, I'm sorry, the uh, secretaries of state in, in uh, uh, most of the Republican states is going to be enacted soon uh, if something isn't done about it. Um, and uh, so that's the right to vote. That's number one. Uh, number two is our immigration policy. Uh, our headlines in the local newspaper yesterday were uh, regarding immigration. Uh, our Archbishop Gustavo Garcia Siller 
O.C. Yeah. Um, uh, is shown under the first banner headline, which is uh, Prelate Laments Migrants Treatment. And he is shown with his head in his hands. Uh, he is mourning over the immigration dysfunction that allowed human trafficking to flourish, where people are treated like commodities, uh, stuffed into semi-trailers without ventilation or sufficient oxygen, uh, and the heat, uh, inhuman heat, and all of this for greed, uh, for the almighty dollar. Uh, the hopes and dreams and humanity, uh, even, of these immigrants completely uh, disregarded. Um, so we must do something about immigration. That's uh, another problem. And then a third problem, uh, the elimination of Roe v. Wade, which we were just talking about by the Supreme Court. And that, too, was a headline uh, on, uh, on July 4th. Um, and it was um, a result of this uh, annihilation of Roe v. Wade. Uh, the headline was, Demand for Abortion Pills in Texas May Soar. <laughs> and, of course, it will because there's no other way of getting a, an abortion. Now, here in Texas, it's illegal for health care providers in other states to mail abortion pills to Texans. I don't know how they're going to check on that unless uh, they police um, the post office. They have uh, somebody checking the mail. And that would call, uh, need, that would necessitate a huge uh, expenditure of manpower to do that. Uh, but in any case, if they catch you, uh, it's jail time for you and a ten thousand dollars fine. Uh, so, um, uh, um, uh, th so the the law says um, health care providers from other states cannot mail abortion pills to Texans. But th that doesn't stop, uh, for instance, an Austrian-based provider that ships pills from India. And that has already started, and it will probably bloom, as the headline says. It will soar, uh, because uh, women will choose abortion no matter what the law says. Okay, that was uh, number... Three, I believe, and number four, the, uh, another problem that is very current is guns. Um, now, yesterday's headline was about Uvalde. Today's headline was about Highland Park, uh, Illinois. There seems to be uh, a weekly mass shooting now. Buffalo, Uvalde, and Highland, uh, and I think anywhere people are gathered, uh, young men between 18 and 21, apparently, uh, are tempted to commit mass slaughter, and they have easy access to machine guns, so they can uh, do a very efficient job of killing as many people as, as they can point at. Uh, and for for some reason, the Republican Party doesn't mention the word guns. Uh, our governor, for instance, um, published a condolence 
uh, piece in yesterday's paper uh, where he talks about how sorry he is and how how uh, things uh, shouldn't be this way, but he doesn't mention the word guns. Uh, uh, so I don't think anything is going to be done uh, at the state uh, this state level at all. And, of course, the Supreme Court has just allowed open carry uh, in all states, I believe, certainly New York for one. And Texas already had open carry of any kind of guns, so you could be uh, marching down the street with your AK-47 or your AR-15, and nobody could arrest you for it or even say anything to you about it uh, without you probably shooting them. Uh, In any case, um, uh, mass murder has apparently become such a fad that it has spread to Norway. And we have individual shootings by police, for instance. There's the uh, deadly, uh, there's the shooting of uh, Damon Walker, who was uh, uh, was shot because a light flashed out of his car window. And uh, uh, they they pursued him, and uh, he pulled over, got out of the car, and panicked and ran. And, of course, they shot him in the back. I think it was 60 bullets that hit him. Oh, my God. How many? Did you say 16 or 60? 60. Uh, I got 60. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. yeah they, are they sure they got him? My God, 60 bullets. Yeah, well, they must have been using an AR-15 for that. I don't know how else they could have gotten that many. I may be wrong, but or else the reporter that I was listening to got it wrong. 60 sounds absolutely outlandish, but it might be true if they were using an um, automatic rifle. And so uh, the problem of guns, and then there is the freedom of religion. And uh, that has been a controversy uh, over the the, uh, two and a half centuries of our existence. I think we... uh, America has been in existence, the United States has, have been in existence for 247 years, is it? Uh, it's 240-something years in any case. Uh, and during all of those years, the problem of separation of, of church and state has been a big problem. Um, so um, Justice John Roberts just wrote an opinion that passed 6 to 3, of course, that opens the controversy about uh, uh, about uh, religion and state. Um, so what I would like to do um, would be to read out for the listening audience um, the Declaration, the introduction to the Declaration of Independence, and then relate it to these problems, and then I will read various amendments uh, in the Bill of Rights uh, and, and discuss how they have been construed and how they need to be construed to meet present problems. And so the Declaration of Independence, as everyone knows, starts out this way. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, 
that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. And it goes on, but I will stop there. Okay. <clears throat> when they, when this was written in 1776, it was written by men for men because women were chattels, and therefore they had no rights. They had no vote. They had no say. They were properties of their husbands or their fathers if they weren't married yet. And so they did not have liberty. And the Supreme Court has just annulled Roe versus Wade. And so now uh, women no longer have liberty. So they're back to being chattels again. And those who have been raped um, by uh, either a foreigner, a, an outsider, or a family member, um, they have been deprived of the pursuit of happiness if they are forced to carry the fetus to term. And so these rights have just been curtailed for women. Now, traditionally, that is, uh, throughout those 247 years, the amendments to the Constitution gave increasing liberty to the people. And all of a sudden, we now have a Supreme Court that is curtailing liberty for for the female part, which is a little over a half of the population. So we are we are in reverse, and we have gone back to the laws here in Texas of uh, 1927. So that's quite a jump back for us women here in Texas. Okay, so the De Declaration of Independence then has been called into question by the Supreme Court. Now, as for the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And that's the original amendment. It doesn't say a thing about the separation of church and state. And yet, that has been the interpretation. So, uh, so, let me see here. The ruling by John Roberts um, just a few days ago said um, that our policy of not funding the state, not funding students who want to go to religious schools, uh, is overturned. That now uh, the state must fund all children who are going to any kind of school, whether religious or not. And uh, it is uh, up to the parent's choice, and it does not offend, in quotes, the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment, according to John Roberts. So uh, there we are. We have, uh, we have the separation of church and state in question now, uh, thanks to that ruling.
Now, I personally, as as a Catholic, uh, think that uh, kids ought to be able to go to Catholic school if they so choose, particularly Jesuit schools where they actually learn something. Um, but but I understand the reluctance of other people uh, to uh, about sending kids to religious schools because very often uh, they teach doctrine rather than uh, subject matter, uh, especially if they're uh, fundamentalist right-wing schools. Uh, so anyway, that section of the First Amendment uh, is in question right now. Uh, freedom of speech is in question right now because of mass media. Uh, people are using Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and so on uh, to uh, to publish lies, all kinds of different lies, uh, crazy theories uh, such as that there are lizard people who are in the government, the government consists of them, and they are trafficking in babies, and they are sucking their blood, and so on and so on. Uh, and this uh, is protected speech, according to the people who are doing that. Uh, and uh, the law is uh, a conundrum. There is a conundrum there. What are we going to do about this sort of thing? Because it goes on and has not been curtailed, uh, although individual um, mass medium, uh, uh, well, never mind, I'll, I'll uh, make the mistake of using media as a singular, uh, individual mass media have, uh, uh, for instance, blocked uh, former President Trump uh, from broadcasting his, uh, his lies. Um, but it uh, is sort of uh, irregular. We haven't we haven't really solved the problem of freedom of speech. Um, freedom of religion, yes, I think we uh, the I think the ability to uh, to believe just about anything is uh, being protected. I haven't seen any curtailment of that. Uh, the problem is, of course, the separation of church and state, which we just talked about. Um, freedom of the press seems to be okay. Press seems to be doing uh, fine. Um, and the right of the people to assemble peaceably, yes, um, although uh, we have all kinds of uh, flap about Antifa um, and about uh, uh, January 6th. Uh, and so even that is causing all kinds of controversy. Um, to petition the government for a redress of grievances, yes, we can do that, uh, but anything that comes through the uh, the Congress of the United States, that is the House of Representatives, uh, and goes to the Senate is blocked there, if it comes from the Democrats. Uh, during the Obama administration, it was blocked because... Uh, uh, leader McC McConnell simply didn't bring it up for discussion. It just uh, was filed and uh, and died. And under Biden, so far, it has simply been filibustered and there therefore not discussed or uh, or passed. God forbid. Uh, so there you are. And that is Amendment One and the situation right now regarding Amendment One. 
And then we have Amendment 2, the Second Amendment, the famous Second Amendment. Uh, I'm pausing right now. Uh, Frank, do you have any uh, any objections or comments on any of this so far? No, I mean, certainly uh, no objections. I mean, this is, you know, what Independence Day to me is uh, is about your, your um your interpretation, your in and to the listeners too, your interpretation of what is important here, what is what is patriotism, what isn't, um, what's your interpretation of um, of the uh, the country and what direction it is. All of this to me is uh, is uh, is is important to discuss. And if you don't bring up these issues, as uncomfortable as they are for some people. To talk about, and and again, let me just clarify: there are people that are listening. Well, I'm I'm sure most of the people listening are probably in agreement with with you, or they you know they might not uh, you know they might not have heard you before, so they're either uh, being very open minded, where they're saying, you know what, let me get an intelligent view viewpoint from the other standpoint. And, mm-hmm. and to those who are doing that, I, I applaud you because I think that is a great way to go. I know that you do that, right? You will, you will listen to and you're, you're a Democrat and you're unapologetically um, uh, in, in line with, with many of the positions that are, are, are laid out for Democrats. But you will, you will read George Will or you will read uh, op-eds by intelligent Republicans and intelligent conservatives. And you will comment on that, and that to me is something that's missing tremendously. But the the points that you're bringing up about, um, you know, about the really an epidemic of of mass proportions on the shootings, are what's standing out uh, to me more than anything. We can't forget that when Columbine happened, and I don't know what that was, ninety six or ninety eight, or you know, it was, it was something. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact day, but after neither Col- do I. After <laughs> Columbine happened, uh, there was a, a national day of mourning for that. Yes, and we have worse shootings, and and equal shootings happening on a weekly basis almost. I, I, if you look up, and I don't know what the number is now, but somewhere last year, I remember seeing a statistic that there was 340. Um, mass shootings uh, in the country as of a, a certain date, and maybe it was around now of 2021. Keep in mind, this is with a lockdown being uh, being in place in, in many places, right? I mean, there were uh, we were still in lockdown in, in certain areas, uh, so activity was, uh, was less. It's mind-blowing to me that we could never have a national day of mourning because, uh, because we'd be mourning every day. We'd be mourning, That's right. mourning five times. I was a thinking. Week. Yeah. I was thinking about our flags being at half half staff uh, continually right. <laughs> because of Buffalo and then because of Uvalde and now and now because of Highland Park. Yeah, they're, uh, you're right. I mean, we we are in a continual state of mourning. There's no question. And we are not even thinking about the individual murders that are going on uh, by guns. Uh, there are thousands of those uh, that don't even get to the news. Yeah, I, I just it's mind blowing what's going on. It's mind blowing what's going on, and uh, there are people that uh, that are looking at this 
um, from from other countries and saying what yep. exactly is going on over there? What and and again, we we know that in New Zealand there was a mass shooting, right? And there was a but nothing to me, and nothing rivals what's going on in in America. And maybe if we came here from another planet. And and we were able to observe without our biases, without our our preconceived notions of what's going on. Maybe we could take a, a fresh look at what's going on and start making some decisions based on that. It's just not. Um, it, 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 this is not right. This is not normal. Uh, and and right. especially. And again, when we're talking about the mass shootings, all the other things, uh, too, you know, I mean, there's uh, there's opinions on on all sides and and we welcome everyone to, you know, to to, you know, I, I think um, understand all sides, why this one thinks this way, why this group of people think that I, I think it's healthy for us to do that. And it's unhealthy for us to say that there's only one way to look at this. And right. And that's where we get in trouble. But the mass shootings, I don't even know what the other side is, right? And and we've said this a million times before. You don't need an AK-47. You don't even, which by the way is is light compared to some of the uh, new weapons they have. You don't need that to shoot a deer. Why exactly are we selling these to to people? Why exactly aren't these completely outlawed by uh, by every? I I don't understand. I, it's it's one thing. It's it's one thing to say everyone should should be able to uh, purchase a rifle, you know. It's uh, okay, all right. You want to make that argument? Make that argument. W- why exactly do we need automatic weapons? All right. Well, I'm I'm certainly with you there. Uh, if we're not going to regulate guns at all, <laughs> uh, then this situation is going to continue, uh, and at the very least, we should ban uh, the mass sale of, uh, of these automatic weapons, these weapons of war. Uh, they should not be in the hands of 18-year-olds, which is the, the most unbelievable uh, uh, thing about the present situation, uh, that an 18-year-old child can wield a weapon of war. And uh, they are wielding those weapons. I think both of the shooters in Buffalo and Uvalde, both of them were 18. The shooter in Highlands was uh, was 21. That's three years older, but that certainly did not make him an adult. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, let's go back to Amendment 2. The, the original wording is this. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, that is a miserably written sentence. (laughs) Uh, And, of course, thanks to that, the two clauses have been interpreted separately. So people are the, the national... Rifle Association has forgotten the part that says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, that it has anything to do with the right of the people to keep and bear arms and shall not be infringed. Well, what was meant 
in 1778 or so when this amendment was written. I don't know the exact date, so I'm probably wrong there. But anyway, um, what was meant? Uh, the 13 colonies did not have a standing army. And uh, therefore, the people, the regular citizens, were called upon to muster to the defense of the country uh, and, of course, to fight under uh, General Washington for the uh, independence of those colonies. And therefore, the people had to keep and bear arms. And this situation exists right now in Switzerland, for instance. Now, we don't have mass murders in Switzerland, but all of the male citizens, I, uh, I'm not sure that women are in the army in Switzerland. I'd have to do some research. But anyway, all the men do have rifles, and they do gather uh, at certain times to uh, to train and, uh, and be ready to uh, be called to war in case of necessity. Uh, and it seems to work in Switzerland. Um, but in any case, that was more or less the situation that the founding fathers had in mind when they wrote this, that the regular people would make up the army, the regular the men in, uh, in the 13 colonies would uh, gather uh, in order to defend uh, the country and to fight the British uh, in order to gain independence. And that was it, and that right should not be infringed. Well, of course, as we know, and we've been talking about it now uh, for uh, several minutes, uh, it has been interpreted that every Tom, Dick, and Harry has the right to buy and wield uh, a weapon, and that includes weapons, 20, 22nd century weapons of war. The Founding Fathers would be utterly nonplussed. They would be shocked and horrified uh, to see what, how this amendment has been distorted and interpreted. And with that, I will go on to, um, to the uh, Oath of Office, which is Amendment 14. This is Amendment 14, Section 3. And I don't know whether we're out of time. Uh, Frank, are we out of time? No, no, go. Please continue. Okay. All right. Uh, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having t previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States, etc., so uh, who, having previously taken an oath to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So, no person shall have, hold an office who, having previously taken an oath to the Constitution, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. And, of course, that is all about uh, our former president, 
who incited a mob to attack the capital to stop the peaceful transfer of power after having lost the election so that he could remain in office perpetually, probably. Uh, and the January 6th committee is working on this right now to, to uh, prove that the former president uh, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the Constitution as well as the proper order of this democracy. Uh, and if, if, if he is allowed to, to get away with it, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of many others, if he is allowed to get away with it, then uh, any future president will know that he can get away with insurrection and rebellion against the Constitution and not be punished or held accountable there, there, thereby, therefore. Okay. So... I did talk about the right to vote already, and so um, I think I have spoken my piece for this podcast, Frank. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, well done. And uh, it just, uh, you know, to, to me, it's a, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's a, a breath of fresh air to hear someone um uh, talk intelligently on all sides uh you know sometimes um it is difficult to uh uh it is difficult to uh, to find people that aren't just speaking out of pure emotion and i think that you've been able to do that and again you get angry right you get um you you get very disturbed by things and and you want to uh, you want to say your piece but what you do is you stop and say you know what we have uh, uh we have people listening and we ha and we want to make sure that we're clear with our points and you you always are able to do that and i i congratulate you for that a lot of people cannot do that and what you hear are rants and raving and whatever. And I don't think anything that you've ever said, even when you were very angry right after something happening or very concerned about what, what's happened, I don't think I could ever say that I heard you rant and rave. That's not you, right? You, you, you're not a ranter That's and a right. raver. You don't get anywhere ranting and raving, although the former president certainly tried it and yeah. did get away with it so far. And and people have followed suit on all sides. I mean, let's face it. There's there's people who you cannot uh, you you cannot say um, uh, you 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 cannot take seriously because. Uh, because they're ranting and raving and you know it's emotion and you know when our emotions are through the roof that we can't we can't do it so i think that's important uh, and you know if you're listening out there and i don't care again if you're from the left right center and uh, you're out there and you want to get your points across I, I mean just think it out just take take a deep breath and think it out uh, because i it's very difficult to get people and people will say, well, listen, you know, uh, President Trump ranted and raved and, and he built up a following. 
It's different. That That is a unique situation. There's celebrity involved in there. There's a cult of personality involved in there. And, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing uh, that goes with, I, well, I, I was going to say, I, I don't think Bernie Sanders is a ranter or a raver, you know? I mean, I think Bernie Sanders is a well-thought-out individual. I mean, he is... Uh, he is uh, f- certainly way further to the left than I am, and uh, and uh, you know to all others, uh, you know t- he's further left. But he's not a ranter and a raver. Frank McKay signing off. I think we lost Doctor Weinberg. Docky there. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on the Florence Weinberg Show. <laughs>